Well, praise God. Are you glad to be in church? I said, are you glad to be in church? Amen. You ought to be. You know, um, I, I just want to give you a little update here uh, in, in just a second. And then Pastor Charles is going to actually come up and preach this morning. But, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world today. Amen. I mean, good things, bad things, crazy things, whatever. It's a lot going on. And, uh, but, you know, I just want you to know there's so much going on here at Living Waters you don't even, you don't ever get to see every, every day like I do. And uh, so we've just, just so, to let you know, we've, as a church, if you've never been here, you're just getting to be a part of, of, of Living Waters. We've always been a church that's been out in the world. I mean, we're a missionary church is what the bottom line is. And uh, so, you know, right now we're just finishing up our projects that we got going over in Kenya and got all the walls put up and got all that done. And then we're, they're getting the plans for me to, uh, sometime they say quickly, of the, the house we're building over there. And so, uh, you know, that's in the works. But we finished the other part. Got it all done. All paid for, all done. Ready to get kids in there protected from all the perverts out on the streets. And so that's a blessing for me. If I know that we're rescuing kids like that, that blesses me. Amen. And then we got everything going on in Guatemala. And, you know, Guatemala is exploding right now. We're getting a new whole wing on the clinic. It's now going to actually be like a hospital. And they're going to be doing cleft palate surgeries there on site in uh, the orphanage. Uh, amen. It, it is so amazing. The things, in, you know, and, and I haven't been down to Guatemala. At first it was because of the COVID and the restrictions on flying. And I wasn't going to put a mask on and get on a plane. And so uh, I didn't think I could make it through without getting thrown in jail. And so... Uh, I didn't go, and now they're eased up a little bit, you know, but I'm trying to make that work out. But anyway, it's just like exploding. Every time I'm talking to them, it's just more and more. We finished the girls, uh, uh, the creative house, which was for the girls that are going to college, that they, you know, you, they can't be put in, in the same house with the kids that are still there going and growing, and they, they need to move. And, and so we've got that all completed, and that's all being done, all being taken care of. Uh, all the work going on in Mexico, I mean, the, when, when uh, Rachel was up here, Rachel Carpenter preaching, uh, when I talked to Sister Annie, the offering that we gave to them, they bought a church in Mexico, and so Mexico City, and so we are got that going, plus about uh, 30 other works going on in Mexico, which each 30 works then has more on top of that, it's like a, over 100 churches there that are being taken care of, that we're a blessing. And then yesterday I did something i never done before. I did a video conference and preached to the men at Bethany. Now, some of y'all that are all like, all like you've been, you, you're a Zoomer, we're talking about I haven't opened up a laptop computer. I work on my iPad and stuff all the time, but I haven't opened up a computer in 10 years. And uh, it was pretty good. I, I did me a few test runs to make sure that it would come on. And I'm the kind of guy like, where's the camera now? You know, and, and so I had me a new little jolly camera up there. It's being bigger than the other one was. And, ooh, man, it was an experience. So it's like, it's like the stupid cell phone commercial. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Well, I got hung up on one little button. I clicked the button, and then I waited, and it didn't do anything. I said, uh-oh, and I clicked it again. And then it didn't do anything. And then I clicked it again. And then it just said, oh, wait, that's not the right. I had to do this. And I put my glasses on. I said, oh, no, that's not the right button. Okay, here. 
roller scrolling. I'm like, oh, their hands are busy. Hey. So I didn't tell all of them that was the first time I ever done it, and I was totally ignorant of what was going on. But bless God, I did it. Got to preach to the guys for about 45 minutes, and, and then they had great time. And so that, that was a new experience. So we're reaching out, even though we, you know, I wasn't there, but I was. But I wasn't, but I was. So that was a new experience. And so we got all that going on in Mexico like that. And, and then we have Pastor Charles with us today, which, amen, give him a hand clap. Because I know he's a humble guy and he isn't going to tell you everything, but I want to tell you, you know, he pastored a church in Hondo, Texas for 28 years. He's a graduate of Raymond Bible College out of Tulsa, pastored that church, was faithful. The first Pentecostal church I ever went to after I got saved was his church. All right? He's that much older than I am. <laughs> but anyway, he just shaves. And so, uh, so anyway, I've known him forever. And he pastored the church over there. And then, you know, he may tell you a little of this, but he, if he doesn't, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little. But then God started touching his heart and walking through the middle of Walmart. The Spirit of God spoke to him and said, I got another work for you I want you to do. I want you to go to Ethiopia. Now, I'm glad I got Utopia, not Ethiopia. And so I feel like we have to support him and be a part so that God wouldn't call me to go, you know. But anyway, he's a great teacher. And, and so God started using him in a Bible school over there and teaching. And then they just had hundreds and hundreds of students graduate and going out into the, to the world over in, in that part of the world. And and then now, then God stepped, stretched him out, and they've got a church over there, and plus a Bible school, and so they're doing a great work. So then this is kind of like the other side of the world, the ministry going on. Well, Kenya, it's two hours. He's trying to get me to go to Kenya, look at that work, fly over to Ethiopia. I'm just like, who you? I'm having a hard time getting to San Antonio, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, over to that part of the world that God is using us to reach and to touch people. You see, folks, when I get to heaven, I want there to be a string of people walking up and saying, thank y'all so much for what you did. And I'm like, who are you? Where'd you come from? Because you just don't understand the ripple effect of what God does and in everything that we do. And so I'm so glad that we know Pastor Charles. Pastor Charles, come on up here. And y'all give him another hand clap. They said it's on here, but they found it. Am I on? Uh, I am on, but it's a mic on. Hallelujah. This not in heaven. This is just here. You have to put up with this stuff. I'm on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be sad if you just had to have a microphone to be on, right? Hallelujah. Well, we just are, we feel like that you're part of our family. And uh, God's doing wonderful things all over the world, but we're here to report about Ethiopia, and uh, you know, you're investors, not just givers, you're investors, because investors means there's going to be a return. Are you with me? I could give something and not get anything, but if you're investing, then you're investing for a return. And so we're investing in people. Investing in God's treasures, because people are God's treasures. Uh, Pastor Robert helped, and Living Waters helped us with, uh, we did a children's uh, 
training because there, you know, uh, children are not much thought of. In other words, until you can uh, give money to the church, you're not thought of. Children don't give money. Hallelujah. It's kind of like going to prison. They don't give offerings either. And, and so, uh, anyhow, it's like children are just uh, even left at home a lot of times with nannies because there's nothing for them at church. But uh, we were able, and this is, there's a little city just outside of Addis Ababa. There was a city there, and, and there's an churches in that area, and we had about 10, 12 churches come together, and we went and did children's ministry training for them, so they could have children's ministry, effective children's ministry in their church, and we had a, about 200 of them come, 200 workers, 200 workers from 10, 15 churches, and they're very evangelistic, these churches, but they don't do hardly much for the children, but they came, about a, almost 200 of them, and then we had another one where we did 50 people. So we had about 250 at all uh, workers were chain, turn, uh, trained from, actually with the extra 50, we had another, uh, you know, eight churches involved. So there was about 20 churches, and we did about 250 workers. We trained them. And, you know, uh, they just learned things they, didn't, they never knew about. And we even took stuff to give to them. And so, you know, children, it's, it's this bad. We have about two or three pastors in Addis Ababa who bring their children to our children's church. The pastors bring their children to our children's church. But I tell you, they, don't, they themselves don't have anything at their church. And so it's a great need. And... Uh, like about 50 million people in Ethiopia are under the age of six, 16 and under. All right? And then another thing we do, we have an a outreach called Genesis Transformation. And uh, we take in uh, homeless people and homeless ladies, some that have been involved in uh, a commercial, they call it commercial sex workers. And, um, but I want to read a testimony from the lady just uh, as a report because it's not just what we're doing, it's what you're investing in and you're doing. And so I'm just going to read this letter or most of it, I skipped some of it, but uh, just to give you an idea because the testimony, not only about what we're doing, but it's also about how great God is. It's about what he can do. And if God can do this in somebody in Ethiopia, he can do it in America. Huh? This is a, a lady, and it's been translated into English. He said, my name is Yabsorba Indale. I can't say exactly who my birth parents are and the place and date of my birth. Many people are like that in Ethiopia. They don't know because they, they, they weren't born in a hospital. And so they don't know when they were born. And she don't know who her parents are because, and she'll explain in just a minute. When I was at the end of my teenage years, there arose in me a deep desire to know my birth parents. When I asked people that they told me that they told me 
who my relatives were. She didn't even know who her relatives were. So she asked other people, and they told her. Finally, she found out who her relatives were. And she says, I was told that I have a story that would be piercing to my ears and a story that would make me regret that I was born. I was conceived by a girl who was raped by her own brother. Once this happened, they fleed from the neighborhood and moved to another city for fear of their family finding out their situation. They were trying to work to provide for themselves. They were also in a lot of stress because of their secret that my birth mother got seriously ill and died a few days after giving birth to me. My birth father then went to his workplace and told them that his sister died after giving birth to me and he gave them the baby and left and fled. While these people were raising me, they used to tell me, your uncle will come and visit you. He did come and visit me sometimes when I was growing up. The family who raised me has six children of their own. Aside from meeting my basic needs, I didn't experience any parental love and care while I was growing. My misery started when my mother, the one who raised me, died. My mother's kids started to give me a lot of trouble and started to treat me like rubbish. They started to treat me like a maid. I got raped by the boys of my mother. In addition, I contracted liver disease while I was caring for my mother due to a needle mistakenly administered on my body. I went out of the home because all of that was going on. Then she was living in the streets. Even though my mother encouraged me and advised me to be clever and do well in my studies, I struggled a lot during the sickness I contracted and also the stress I was in, and I finished in this way. I tried to kill myself multiple times due to a serious depression I faced all my life. In addition, I used to pass out in the middle of the road due to improper nutrition in my sickness. They would take me to a government hospital and perform a surgery on me and no one, with no one by my side to take care of me. This has happened a number of times. I also sold my body to survive, and as a result, I had three abortions as a result, and a result, a lot of loss of blood. It was after this that I got really fed up with living in the street. One day I begged God for me to die just sitting in a home with peace. In other words, he wanted to die being in a home, not on the street. It was after this that one day I found myself in a church, which is our church. The minister then directed me and took me to Genesis Transformation Academy. The first thing I found there was that I was what the first thing I found there was what I was desiring all my life. Love from other people and a place to stay. Until I recovered from my health issues, I never got up from my bed. They took care of everything. They gave me everything I needed. They helped me to be filled with love and hope. I also discovered that the people who minister there were like me. 
They passed through many problems and tribulations, and they also wanted to forget their past. They went to a lot of people for help also. Because of these reasons, they understood the things I shared, and we related with each other. They started teaching me about God's purpose and his thoughts for me, and also about his perfect love. And when we were praying together, I was introduced to God as my father for the first time. I got born again, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I also took water baptism and became part of the Believer's Fellowship there. Now I'm a joyful and free person. I prayed to God, and I found a job. I now minister to myself and others who pass through similar paths like me, comforting and supporting them. In my stay at Genesis, I have been delivered from demons and the bondage of sin. Now I'm a new creation who lives with an eternal life of joy. I now know how God changes people's life. Lives using other people because I see how I got changed and also the sisters who are with me. And as for the rest of my life, I have decided to live for the one who gave himself for me. And I will not live for the devil, for sin, or for the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But she's just one. There's others. But can you imagine how much she went through, but how, where God brought her to? So it doesn't matter how deep the valley is, because God lives on the top of the mountain. And he can bring you up to where he's at. In fact, he has already positionally seated us with him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Amen? Hallelujah. I just wanted to share a little bit of report uh, saying that your, 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 mo- your money's working. Hallelujah. Even while you're sleeping, because it's daytime over there when you're sleeping, your money is working. So money works even when you don't work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, but today I want to share a message with you. I believe it'll... It's what the Lord wants me to share today, and I believe when God's work, when we share what God wants to share, it changes us. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Numbers. Before I, got, uh, before I went into the ministry, I was running from the Lord because He called me into ministry, but I ran from Him. I went up to uh, Lubbock, Texas, at Texas Tech University, and uh, I was majoring in mathematics. And mathematics and ministry both start with an M. And uh, so now favorite book in the Bible is a book of numbers. No, Let's look in chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 26. I'm sure you heard this many times. Uh, but I'm sure you've eaten food many times too. And you keep eating again. Verse 26, now just a background before we read it. They have come out of the land of Egypt, 
They have come down to uh, the place where Moses would send 12 spies into the promised land. And he sent these 12 spies into the promised land to find out what kind of land it is, what kind, who are the inhabitants, what kind, just to in, investigate it and bring back a report. Here now they're coming back to Moses to give their report. Verse 26, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in this land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. In other words, there's people living everywhere. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land which devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature, giants. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, I want to talk to you today about this passage, and, and because, number one, it's, go, it's very important that we talk, talk about the word perception. You know, perception is how you see something. When these 12 spies went into the land of Canaan, the land that God promised, when they went in this land, they found out that it was everything God said it was. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when it says a land flowing with milk and honey, it doesn't mean that there was milk running in the rivers. huh? But milk represents our need. I mean, you know, when a child is born, what do they need? It's essential. A land flowing, flowing means it's abundance. And so a land flowing with milk means it has abundance for every need. In other words, this land I'm sending to you has an abundance that will meet every need you have. Not only is it flowing with milk, but it's flowing with honey. 
That doesn't mean there's honey flowing out of hives, just flowing into the ground. No, but honey is desire. In other words, you don't need honey to live, but... yeah. And once you eat it, you like want to have some more. And so it is a land that has got abundance enough to provide every need and fulfill the desires of your heart. So this is the kind of land that God prepared or has given to his people. And so God says it is a land flowing with milk and honey. And they said it is truly. They agreed, all the 12 spies Agreed, it is a land truly flowing with milk and honey. In other words, it is a land of abundance. They all saw it and they all agreed with it. Even they brought back grapes. I mean, remember that. You know, they brought back grapes, took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. Are you with me? You know, if you go to the grocery store today, it doesn't take two men to carry a cluster of grapes. Are you with me? And so, uh, th- we're talking about there is a bountiful, this is a big cluster of grapes. And so, it was everything that God said it was. Why? Because God does not lie. It is everything. And so, now, God may not have promised you the land of, of Canaan. He promised it to Israel. But he did give us a promise for our life. And that promise, he wants us to have a life that will flow with milk and honey. Hallelujah. But I want you to see something here because they said truly this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Nevertheless. Nevertheless is a long word for a but. You know, that's case you don't, if you need to sound educated, you say nevertheless. But if you're just a country person, you say but. Yeah, but if you want to sound like you know something, you say nevertheless. And then you're not sure, nevertheless. You know, you're. But, but, everybody understands but. But. Now the 12 spies don't agree anymore. They all agreed that the land is what God said it was. But they didn't all agree that they could have the land. Most Christians will agree that God is good. Is that right? Most Christians, and if they don't, we wonder if they're Christians. Most Christians agree that God wants to bless people in some way. But, there it goes. Are you with me? But the Creator crafted when the it sun, comes the moon, to the stars, possessing the promise, divided light from dark. There begins to, to be a big seasons on this earth we call ours. For this reason, we enjoy what people believe to be about God together, and what people we'll are willing to possess. He speaks words of wisdom and peace. And so, the twelve spies, two of them had one report, and ten of them had another report. 
The two that had a good report were Caleb and Joshua. The ten that had an evil report, who knows their names? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to be remembered, you should have a good report. Hallelujah. <laughs> the others had an evil report. Evil report, one definition of evil, the Hebrew word evil, is unfavorable. No favor, no grace. And so, I want you to see something. These ten spies, now they all saw the same thing. When they went into this land, all twelve of those men saw the same thing. But perception is not about what you see. Perception is about how you see. And when you have wrong perception, you have deception. When you have wrong perception, you have deception. And you know what? In these last days, deception is going to be higher than ever before in all the history of the world. In this last days, perception is going to be more skewed. That's for the city. For a country, skewed means off track. Okay? Are you with me? And so, what I'm telling you is we live in a day where we have to make sure our perception is perception and not deception. Because as darkness increases, your darkness will become darker if you don't have light. But when you have light, light shines brighter in darkness. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? I found that out when I went to the Natural Bridge Caverns. You know, outside, we had a little flashlight, and the batteries were not even fully charged. And so when you turned that on, you couldn't even tell that you had a light. But when you went to the deep part of that cave, when there's no lights, you turn that on, boy, everybody can see it for a long way. Because that light makes more difference in the darkness. You see, our light will make more difference in the darkness if we have light. The Bible tells us in the last days we have to arise and shine. Isn't that right? We have to arise and shine. The Bible says, arise and shine for the light has come. It's not coming. It already has come. Hallelujah. But you see, I want to keep that light inside of me. The Bible says the entrance of his word gives light, brings light. And so I need to have that. I need to keep that light inside of me. But I have to keep the word coming into me. Because that word is what keeps the light on in me and keeps me from being deceived. Are you all with me? Listen, to, it says... Darkness will come upon the earth, it says it in Isaiah 60. Deep darkness upon the people. But he said to us, arise and shine, for the light has come. Hallelujah. Now, when these spies came back, the first one to talk are the ten spies. 
Usually, the devil talks first. The devil's a big mouth. Are you with me? I mean, normally you can hear something. When you talk to people, you'll hear the negative first. It's always usually true. And so, they said, this land is everything God said it is, but there's problems. And see, that's the way people, Christians, and I'm sad to say, but Christians are today. Yeah, God is good, but. But there's inflation, but there's this, but there's that, but there's this, but there. But, 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 but. But see, it's the but that is the difference between the one who believes God good and the one who possesses the promises. The difference is the but. Hello? But, and he said, but, there's three reasons. I mean, no, we are good at giving reasons when it's negative. I mean, we're good. Makes me think in, a, in school, they should have told us to write something negative. We could have wrote a good paper. We could give three points. Easy. They said, we can't. We can't take this land. We're not able. And so, what they're saying, God, you gave this land to us, but we're not able. And, of course, God didn't know that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you weren't able. And, and he said, there's three reasons we can't go in there. Number one, the people are strong. Number two, the cities are large. They're not like just tents. There's large cities with walls. Number three, there's giants there. And when those people, you know, everybody's excited. Now, you understand he's talking to two or three million people. How I many know that's an interesting thing already? Because they don't have microphones. I'm using a microphone just for you guys. And you're nowhere close to two million people. It's amazing how God used to have, I don't know how the sound worked, but and they didn't need microphones. But anyhow, you can ask when you get to heaven how that works. But the thing of it is, when the problem came, they forgot about the grapes. Hello? In other words, the problems became their focus instead of the grapes. When the problems come, came, they forgot about the goodness of God and started thinking about the problems that they would face if they tried to go into that land. And so the devil always wants your perception to be governed by problems. He doesn't want your perception to be governed by God's goodness and God's revelation. He wants your mind to be on the problem. Because when your mind comes on the problem then your mentality will sink you. And he wants your mind to be on the problem. He wants you to be problem-oriented instead of solution-oriented. Are you with me? That's why there's not a lot of inventors. Because most people look at problems and they don't look at solutions. So that's why there's only a few inventors but a lot of people complaining. Why is it they didn't even go to the promised land? Because of complaining was the 
Because complaining was a symptom of unbelief. It says they didn't enter in because of unbelief. But what were they doing in the wilderness? They were murmuring, complaining. You know, when people are, you know, people complain a lot. How many of you know people complain a lot? I mean, you live with yourself, don't you? Hallelujah. But you know, when they forgot, they forgot about the grapes when they heard about the problem. But how many of you know, Isaac, I mean, uh, Caleb, he saw the same things, but he's not talking about the problem. What is he talking about? We are well able. We are well able. We are well able. He said, let us go up at once. He didn't say, okay, we have been slaves for 400 years. We don't know anything about fighting. We just know about making pyramids. We don't know anything. He didn't say, okay, let's, uh, let's try to collect things, make weapons. Let's try to have some training. Let's try to do. No, he said, let us go up at once. Huh? Once. Why? Because it didn't matter. It wasn't about them being ready. It was about God being ready. It was not about them being ready. It's about God being ready. The only thing you have to do to be ready is to do what God says. And God is ready. And so, they, he said, let us go up at once. We are well able. Possess means to take hold of it and make it ours. Let us go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able to overcome it. But the people believed the first report. The people did not believe Caleb's report. Because for some reason, people think it's easier to do nothing than to do something. But think about it. Was it easier? It caused them all to die in the wilderness. We can't be. We have to be like the four lepers that said, why sit we here till we die? It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Because later on, Caleb said, I brought back word to God. I brought back word to God. I brought back word to Moses according to how it was in my heart. You see, his perception came from how he saw it in his heart. His perception came how he saw it in his heart. And I want to talk to you because when things get worse, our perception has to be better. Because when our perception is right, we will possess the land. We will possess the promise when our perception is right. But when their perception was not right, you see, their perception, their perception of the problem affected even how they saw themselves or it revealed how they saw themselves. They still saw, they saw themselves as a grasshopper. I mean, you know, grasshoppers are fearful. If you get close to them, they want to, isn't that right? 
grasshoppers are quick to jump or fly. And so they, began, they, they were fearful. They had a mentality of a grasshopper. And so the problems had made them a grasshopper in their mind. And in other words, because they saw themselves as a grasshopper, the problems became to them giants. Now, as we live in this world, when our problems become giants, it means we have become grasshoppers. Because the mistake that they made is the mistake we cannot make if we don't want to die in the wilderness. What does dying in the wilderness mean? That means you die without the promise. You die without possessing the promise. Now, maybe you possess the promise of salvation, but there's many other promises. And so, I don't want us to die in the wilderness. And the reason they died in the wilderness is because they compared themselves to the problems. When Caleb, he compared compared the problems to God. Do you, compare the pro- your, do you compare the problems that you see around you? Do you compare them to yourself? Or do you compare them to God? You know, do you compare the prices to your wallet? Or do you compare the prices to your God? Hello? <laughs> like Pastor Robert said. <laughs> Are you here? Is this working? Hallelujah. So... Because where sin abounds, there grace does much more abound. So God's grace is never less than the sin. It's always more abundant. So no matter how dark it gets, light can never be overcome by darkness. Why? Because darkness is the absence of light. And so light always causes darkness to leave. So we must keep light in us so we can see. You know, people say cats can see in the dark, but they cannot. Cats can see better in the dark, but they cannot see. If it's totally dark, cats can't see either. Nobody can see without light. And we cannot ever have the right perception without light. That means this book has to become more important to us in the last days than ever before. Because it is the place where light comes from. Now, this book alone is not enough. You must have the Holy Spirit because He must reveal it to you. And when He reveals this to you, light comes. When light comes, faith comes. Hallelujah. When light comes, faith comes. And so, but these people, they did not mix what they heard with faith because it was not light for them. Why? Because they looked at the problem. They looked at the problem. They exaggerated the problem and forgot about the provision. They forgot the provision because their eyes were captivated by the problem. I mean, no. The news does the same thing. 
Huh? If you watch the news, the news is at getting you to look at what they are seeing. And they want you to see how they see. Huh? If they see wrong, then you'll start having a wrong perception if you believe it. If they see right, then you'll start having the right perception if you see it. But this is news from heaven. This is news from the source of truth. Are you with me? This is the source of truth. And so we need this news above all news. This is the good news. Even it's called the gospel, good news. Are you with me? All right. It's not CNN, it's not Fox, it's not, it is heaven. Heaven's news. And it is the true source of light. So that we can, and we're going to look at one more scripture here. Let's go to the book of Joshua. I want you to look with me in verse 6, chapter 14, 14 verse 6. Because I don't know about you, but negative things happen in my life. In other words, in circumstances around me, negative things happen. But my perception of them is what counts. How I perceive them is what counts. Because those circumstances are not God. God is God. I can never let my circumstances become my God. God is unchangeable. Circumstances are not. Are you with me? God is unchangeable, but circumstances are not. So I cannot let circumstances change God in my mind because He doesn't change. Circumstances cannot change God in my mind, should not change God in my mind. So let's look here in Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, I remember Caleb. Now this is a long time later. Now all the nevertheless people are dead. All the but people are dead. Are you with me? Isn't that sad that God could not do anything for Israel until all those guys died? Hello? That means unbelief is very powerful to keep you from the promises of God. So what happens? We should have a funeral for unbelief in our life. Hello? We need to let unbelief die so we can move on. All right, let's look here. Verse 6. And Caleb, the son of Jephne, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. He's talking to Joshua. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea 
to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. If the word of God is in your heart, the circumstances will not change you. If the word of God is in your heart, fresh manna, the circumstances will not change you. If the circumstances change you, it means you don't have fresh manna. Let's read on. Now here's the good, here's a good nevertheless. Nevertheless, you can tell whether nevertheless is good by what's on each side of it. Huh? If good is on this side, it's not nevertheless is not good. If good is on this side, nevertheless is good. That's just kind of basic instruction. All right. Nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Huh? You see, we cannot wholly follow the Lord without the right perception. We cannot wholly follow the Lord without seeing it the way God sees it. We have to see how He sees. And these words already tell us how He sees. And so if I keep these in me, then I keep the way He sees in my eyes. Huh? I keep how he sees in my eyes. Let's read on. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. We're talking about not, not the people. We're not talking about the people who believe God's good. We're talking about the people who are possessors. The people who want to possess the promise. The promise belongs to everybody, but not everybody possesses it. And so we're talking about possessing it. Let's read here. So Moses swore on that day, or excuse me, verse 10, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Hallelujah. The Lord has kept me alive. How many of the Lord has kept you alive? Yeah. And he said, as he said, he has kept me alive these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day. 85 years old. Listen. If you're older, it still works. Huh? He's already had Medicare 20 years. He's so old, he probably can't get an annuity anymore. But he said, the Lord has kept me alive. He didn't just keep him alive. He kept him strong. Because he wholly followed the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, who do you want to follow in your last days? We're, we're, listen, we're living in the last days. If these are the last days, these are your last days. 
Hello? Who are you going to follow? Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will follow the Lord. Hallelujah. That means we have to live beyond ourselves. It's not just about what we think. It's about the Lord. Because he has prepared promises beyond our imagination. Now, let's read it. We're almost through here. In case you're short on patience, which is a fruit of the Spirit, which means you're not very fruitful. Nice doesn't always help you get delivered. So if I'm not nice, it's because I want you to be delivered. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It's okay if you want to die in the wilderness. Okay. Verse 11. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. (laughs) What do you think the army would do if an 85-year-old guy went up there and said, I want to sign up? The army would escort him out. No, you can't. What's wrong with you? Take you to a psychiatrist. This guy said, we're just starting. Okay? What, what does that mean? That God makes the difference. God makes the difference. He makes the difference between an 85-year-old or whatever year old you are. Now, let's look at, let's look here. Verse 12, now therefore, now he's talking to Joshua because Joshua took over. Moses is dead, and Joshua took over. And so he says to Joshua, give me this mountain. Hallelujah. Wow. Didn't he, did, notice he didn't say, I'm going to have my kids do something. No, he said, give me this mountain. This mountain is where the giants live. This mountain has the city of Hebron in it. The city of Hebron had a name before it was Hebron, and it was named after the giant. But he said, give me this mountain. And it doesn't tell tell us more. You know, I like it. He said, give me this mountain, and the story is over. And you go, well, what happened? You should know what happened if you have faith. If you don't have faith, you won't know what happened. But if faith makes you certain, faith makes you sure. And so, but what do you think happened? Because they changed the name of the city. If the giants still live in the city, you couldn't change the name of the city. It became Hebron. You know what Hebron means? Fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Fruitfulness. And so he took this mountain at 85. Hallelujah. 85. I think most of you are under 85 here. So, I mean, don't think about retirement. You can retire from your job, but you shouldn't retire from living. Some people retire from living because the problems are bigger than their God. Oh, hallelujah. See, I can talk like this because I'm going back to Ethiopia. 
Hallelujah. We're almost through because uh, for those, in, ca- in case you're the one who time is bigger than God and you're getting impatient because church should be only short time and, and you're going to have to be in heaven forever, you know. Or, well, not in heaven, but in, with God forever. And so, um, but I want you to see some things. Perception is where everything starts. Perception is not about what we see. We all see the same thing. The Bible says we should walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? You should walk around with your eyes closed and just... No. Walking by faith, you do see with your eyes. But what you see with your eyes is not what you go by. You go by what you perceive from the Word of God. And the light you have from God. That means you might, and, and that's why people get into error with faith sometimes too, because faith is not about denying something exists. Faith is about believing that God is greater than what exists. And faith is about calling upon God because He calls those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. So faith is not me denying that I have a financial need or that I need a healing. Faith is not a, or that I have sickness. It's not denying that I have sickness. It's, it's believing that God is greater than sickness. It's believing that God is greater than my financial need. It is be, believing God is greater, that the provision is more than the problem. That the provision is more than, that God's goodness is more than the evil of this world. That God's goodness is greater than the evil of this world. And that no matter how much evil is in this world, God's goodness is greater. And if we don't watch it, we are always focusing on the problems and we forget the grapes. We forget the land that is flowing with milk and honey. God wants us to keep our eyes on Him. How do you think He holy? Holy means completely follow the Lord. When you completely follow someone, you got to keep your eyes on them. You got to keep your eyes on them. How many of you ever went to the store with your child? If you don't keep your eyes on them, what happens? They disappear. You lose them. And you can lose them quickly. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can wholly follow Him. Because you start seeing the way He sees it. You start having the mind of Christ working in your mind. Hallelujah. And, and, and it's just like Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh... I live by faith. Hallelujah. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself so we could have the promises. And so we could possess them. Hallelujah. Possess them. Okay, I'm closed my Bible. It's just one sign. There's more than one sign to the end. The second sign. 
Listen to me. I want to say one more thing. I want to talk to you about Abraham, the father of our faith, before we close. Because we have to, we have to holy father the Lord in these last days. Because as darkness gets darker, I want to wholly follow the Lord. Our desire to follow the Lord should be, it should, we should forget about our own kingdom. We should forget. We are pilgrims here. We're not here supposed to be settlers here, trying to build our own life here, and this is going to be it. No, we are looking for a greater thing. We have a greater city. But Abraham, think about Abraham. You know, he was... Abraham was getting frustrated because God promised him a seed. And he wasn't having a seed. And he said, God, this is in Genesis 15, you can read it later. And he said, God, you know, what's the deal? You promised me a seed, but now the way it is, Eliezer, who's from Damascus, he's going to be my seed because I don't get no children from Sarah. I mean, he's like confronting God because he didn't get what God said. Every day, Abraham sat at the table with Sarah. And Sarah's 90 years old. Abraham's 99 years old. And you know, when you look at a 90-year-old woman every day, it can make your perception deception. He's starting to think, how can I have a kid? I mean, 90 years old. You know, I'm sure he thought it before 90. I mean, 80, when you're 80 and you're 81, every, you keep looking every year. Are you with me? But I like what God told Abraham. He said, Abraham, come outside. See, Abraham was in the tent looking at Sarah. God said to Abraham, come outside. Come outside. And he come outside. He said, Abraham, look into heaven and count the stars. So shall your seed be. See, all Abraham could see was a 90-year-old wife. Now he can see stars that he can't count. God changed his perception. Because he had deception. He changed his perception. And he started looking at the stars. And the Bible says, And Abraham believed God, and he was counted righteous. This is Genesis 15. I didn't make the story up. Abraham believed God. When, he, when God gave him that revelation, and he could perceive the way God saw, faith came. And he believed God. And guess what? He became the father of Isaac. Hallelujah. The son of promise. He possessed the promise. He possessed the promise. It was not just a promise anymore. It was a possessed promise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to leave you with this, that I hope you know that the devil is not going to work less in the last days. I mean, when the, his end comes, he becomes more desperate. So he will work harder than ever before. But it doesn't matter how hard he works. It matters who we follow. 
And God is calling us to wholly follow Him. Because there's many things, we got a world where there's so many things to do. And if we don't watch it, we stop following Him. And we start forgetting the grapes. And we stop thinking about the grapes and start thinking about the problem. And we don't go to bed eating grapes. We go to bed sleeping with problems. And so God is calling us back to Him, to follow Him. I'm not saying we don't follow Him at all, but I'm saying it's more important to follow Him in these last days than ever before. Because what's coming in these last days is not going to be better except for those who are possessing what God has promised. For us, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope you hear what I'm saying today. It's not really just a message, a sermon. First time I preached in a church, the guy afterwards, he said, nobody, after I preached the first message I ever preached, nobody came and said anything to me but one guy. And that guy, I saw him during the time when I was preaching. He was sleeping. And he told me I had a good message. The only guy that told me I had a good message was the guy who was sleeping. I trust that you don't go out of here and saying it's a good message, but you were sleeping. It needs to be something that will help you to change your life. And become more serious about God than ever before. More serious about heaven than about earth. More serious about the spirit than the flesh. More serious about the kingdom of God than the world. More serious. We have to be more serious. And it's better to get serious before things get serious. Thank you so much for hearing the word of the Lord. But it's only the first step. The next step is what we do with it after we leave this building. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to pray for everybody now. And uh, let's just, you know, the Spirit of God is here. We all have different needs. We all have different problems that we face. But we have to have the right thing in our eyes. We have to have the right mentality. We have to have the mentality not of the grasshopper, but the mentality of a lion. Because Caleb is of the tribe of Judah, and that's the tribe of the lion. Because Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, I pray for every person here and today. And not only that, those who are watching by internet or by any other way. I pray for every person listening to this broadcast or listening to this message. That we would awaken ourselves in whatever area that we need to. 
that we will awaken ourselves and decide that we're going to let our perception come from the Word of God. That we're going to feed on the Word of God like never before. We're going to put the Word of God and keep the manna fresh inside of us than, like never before, Lord. So that we can see with your eyes, Lord. So that we can f- follow you, wholly follow you, Lord. So that we can be possessors of the promise and not just people who saw the grapes. People who saw the fruit but didn't ever possess it for themselves. Father, I just thank you, Father, that you're helping us to go from people who see the fruit to people who possess the fruit. From people who see the promise to people who possess the promise. That, Father, I think you help us, that you're helping us, that you help us to compare every problem to you and your provision instead of to ourselves. That we would never be a grasshopper in our sight, but that you would be the giant in our sight, Lord Jesus. That you would be our giant. You would be our giant, Father. And we would never find any other giants because compared to you, there are no other giants. That all our problems will become like grasshoppers, Lord. And that you would be the giant in our life. So thank you, Father. Thank you for helping us to start desiring and craving your word, your promises, for they are exceedingly and great. Help us to desire and crave your promises more than ever before. Help them, help them to be, help us to want to hear them and, and soak in them and let them become part of us more than ever before, Lord. Give us Oh, Father, help us to draw near to you. Thank you, Father. Father, help us to take our mind off of this world and put our mind on you. You said those who stay their mind or fix their mind on you, you would keep them in perfect peace. Thank you, Father. In this day where there's little peace in most people, that we will find perfect peace. Thank you, Father, that you help us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works even in this time of darkness, that you might be glorified and that a great harvest may come into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, awesome. Doesn't it tell you that the Spirit of God is wanting us to get this? Sounds like to me kind of what I preached last week and the week before that and the week before that. Amen? Hey, so ushers, help me right now. If you want to give uh, Pastor Charles an offering and get into that, he may be not, this may be the first time you ever heard him. But uh, you want to do that? I always told you I'm like your stockbroker. I find a good investment, sow some seed in it, and that's what I'm doing. So just make your checks out to the church, and uh, we'll give him one check for it all. But praise God. Uh, so put your hand on your offering. Let's pray. Father, I just want to, I, I, I want to be a part of this. Lord, I always thank you for Pastor Charles. Thank you for what's going on in Ethiopia, for he and Michelle, for the church going on over there. Lord, getting people saved. Just a testimony of this woman, Lord. And I ask you right now just to 
Bless these offerings. Bless our hands. Bless our investment, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Stand to your feet. You can, you can still stand there and look at somebody and get the bucket past you. Praise God. Look at the person on your left and your right and say, I'm glad I came to church. And look at the person in front of you and say, well, it is cool in here. I mean, that's a big deal nowadays, bless God. Big deal. I'd like to see how full we'd be if I just opened up those back doors. And we're doing the, we're doing the, the Mexico church where you're not, you hadn't really served God unless you sweated completely down, you know. Then we just stand outside. Yeah, they were really praising God. Yeah, that one wasn't. Nope, that one wasn't. Look dry. But anyway, praise the Lord. So I believe you guys are giant killers. Amen. So our job is to go out into the world, tell people the good news. Jesus loves them. Amen. God loves them. He's got a place for them. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm just going to bless you, Father. Bless them as they go. I declare this is going to be the greatest week of their lives. This is going to be a week they run across people, begin to tell people the good news. And Lord Jesus, you're magnified. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Go get them. <laughs>